welcome to this week's episode of Abiding Podcast. Um, this week's Monday Musings is, I just wanted to share actually with you guys the a few books and a few authors that have really kind of impacted me and some nuggets from the books that I've read by them. Um, and yeah, these are in no particular order. There may be other episodes like this in the future, but um, one key author and preacher that I've listened to a lot, I've read most of his books, is a guy called Francis Chan, and he is amazing in, one, just opening the Bible and sharing what it has to say. Um, the number of times I've listened to him and been so deeply challenged, and it not just being because he's a very inspired preacher, but actually just opens the word and goes so this is what it says so what are you going to do about it and it just yeah challenges me on a regular basis whenever I read anything by him or listen to anything by him and yeah so he's written quite a few books over the years that have challenged me but one book that I read back in back when it came out in back in 2018 was Letters to the Church and this is kind of him writing to the church today and going hey this is a health check this is here are some challenges here are some thoughts around the way that we operate as a church um and i've yeah in the first chapter he talks about kind of his departure from his mega church um for context for those of you who don't know francis chan or know anything about his life he um he led a mega church in California, and I can't remember, I think it might have been around 2015, 2016, he um, decided to to leave his mega church and say, basically said, turn around to them and said, I see that most of you come to hear me speak rather than rather than hearing what God is saying to you. So I'm leaving, I'm getting out of the way because I can't stand in the way between you and God. So he actually left for Asia. He spent some time in China and in Hong Kong and experiencing church there and finding, kind of finding a love for the like the house church movement sort of style of like having to be, un, the fact that they had to be underground and hidden meant that they had to be in small house churches. So he then brought that model back to America in San Francisco and yeah, started a house church movement called We Are Church in San Francisco, which is now spreading all over the place because they do intensives and all sorts. And I'm kind of coming off of off piece, but that that shows you the type of integrity that he has to be able to spot when he, as a person, is getting in the way of what God is doing, or in the way of people's relationship with God, and go, "Hey, I'm leaving." Um, and one particular chapter of the book that really challenged me was a chapter called The Good Shepherd or Good Shepherds. And it basically outlines kind of like different types of pastors. And just to give you a couple of um, head headlines that he put in, which um, um, I'll just read you a short bit. The heading above it is The Christian Pastor. 
And then the paragraph that follows starts, that heading may sound ridiculous, but is it really safe to assume all pastors are Christians just because they claim to believe in him or went to school to study for ministry? It doesn't ensure that their hearts are his, having spent two years in Bible college and three years in seminary. I can tell you that a degree can, can be proof of intelligence or discipline, but not spirituality. And he goes on to talk about the praying pastor. And that was one that really challenged me because at the time, I really struggled to find time for making time for Jesus. And it was actually this book that super challenged me into kind of, yeah, really reforming the way that I did that. Because he, he was like, if I've got people in my staff team in a church and they're not praying an hour a day, and if they're too busy for that, they're too busy to be part of the staff team at church. They're too busy to be a pastor in the church. And showing this real high value for actual kind of the spiritual practices and really challenging this thing of like, oh, you can have a position, but you don't need to do all these little like little things in inverted commas. And that, yeah, the whole book is really challenging. The way he lives his life and the messages that he's preached have all been super challenging. So I encourage you guys to, like, yeah, if you get a chance, I'll put a link to Letters to the Church in the description of this podcast if you want to read that particular book. Um, another book that we actually read as a life group and actually we actually went through the kind of e-course that came with it, which was um, Living from the Unseen by Wendy Buckland or Backland. I can't, I never know how to pronounce her surname, but... I loved this book, not because it was super like deep and theological, but it was simple. It was five page chapters about a specific principle or a specific thing to do with the spirit realm and the way that we engage with Holy Spirit. And at the end of each one, there would be a, a belief or a declaration to be said and an activation, an activity that you could do. Um, and there were just a couple things that like really stood out. There's a whole section on imagination where she talks about the power of our imagination and what effect that has on the way that we live and what actually comes to pass. And then there's also, there was one chapter about the angelic and she makes this really interesting point of like, of we as Christians get weird around talking about angels, but when we talk about demons, we're fine. And all demons are our fallen angels. So why are we more comfortable talking about Satan and his fallen angels than we are talking about the angelics doing the jobs that they were sent to do by God? Because it talks about it in the Bible that they were that he sends angels to minister to his people. And yeah, just little moments like that in that book, but also just the activations that come with it and this newfound awareness of Holy Spirit was really amazing. So again, another book to recommend. Her and her husband are amazing. Um, her husband, Steve, um, is often known for speaking and doing the doing this thing of like laughing at the lies of the enemy. So what he'll do is he'll stand on stage and he'll say it and gets the crowd to laugh at it. And it seems really weird, but it's kind of this really cool prophetic activation. And also that whole... He kind of uses this phrase of like, you fake it till you make it with laughter. Fake the laughter until it becomes real, until it becomes part of a reality for you that when someone, when the enemy tries to plant a thought in your head that isn't Jesus's thoughts over you 
or is it meant to be this kind of like spiritual attack laugh at it and that will be your initial response over the t- course of time of training um of like faking it until it becomes a reality for you and kind of the last book that i want to mention to you guys before closing is danny silk's book keep your love on and i particularly love this book because it kind of taught me one of the biggest life lessons that i had to learn so i used to suffer a lot with anxiety and it was this real fear of stuff out of my control like walking into a room and i'd be worrying about everything that could happen to the point like and it would get ridiculous and there's just there's just this one quote from him that is um where it's on your best day you can only control yourself and that changed my life real like i don't want to say that lightly this that quote on its own changed my life because it made me realize that actually i can't control anyone else i can't do anything that like yeah on my best day i can barely keep control of myself my own emotions my own internal and external realities but i can't control other people the way that they think what they do and yeah and i just lifted this weight off my shoulders and also it gives you the it gave me the freedom to really kind of learn to be myself and not see people's reactions to me as my fault not saying that some people's reactions are never my fault there are times where i do things say things that evoke a reaction because of what i've said but it gave me the ability to also think okay what is it in them that's reacting to this it may not be that I am always in the wrong because that's the other thing with the anxiety that I had. I always thought I was at fault. I was doing something wrong. I was causing the problems. And the book as a whole, I couldn't recommend more highly. I think I've bought this book for a few people on a couple of occasions because it is such a good book for learning how to do relationships well and not just on a like dating relationships level and how you manage your friendships and relationships with like acquaintances and work colleagues and yeah just as a whole and I've sat with people before where the things that I've learned from this book have become super useful and I'll give you one example of that and then I'll close um is I was I remember meeting up with a friend of mine and we were talking about all of our friends that have been um, like getting married recently and everything else. And and there was a little bit of a moment where my friend was just like, yeah, but I feel really like left out. I feel like I'm not their friends anymore, but stuff kind of along those lines. Those aren't like direct quotes. And there's the, in Danny Silk's book, he talks about the levels of intimacy and kind of how they're fluid that you're always changing. So like levels of intimacy are concentric circles. So one circle inside of another, inside of another. And in the center circle, you have God and your spouse, if you're married. And for the time between, between like if you're both single, you can be each other's like best friends and be in that inner circle. But when someone starts dating someone, starts getting married, you get moved out 
and that can cause hurt and it's not it's neither party's fault but it's actually it gives you that grid for understanding that actually your closeness with people will change it will shift and again it gives you this grid this tool to really understand friendship and relationships and a really great exercise to do is to work out what the kind of like gates are for each section of your concentric circles what gets you into being someone that you talk to regularly what gets you in from there to hanging out regularly to being part of like the inner circle like jesus had his free who are your free and within that there's that quiet place of like god and your spouse where it's like actually that's where the covenant is it's a little like covenant circle where you share the things you share everything with them because it's that is your that is your most intimate secret place and yeah it gives you such a great grid for having conversations around friendships and if people are hurt you could like yeah it yeah it's just super useful so again i will put a link to all of the books in the description and yeah i just want to encourage you guys to please if you've got any questions or any topic suggestions or any like know of anyone that you think would be great for a your walk podcast go and leave a comment on our facebook page abiding podcast or send us a message on there or even i think on Anch- on the anchor app you can now send voice messages through um yeah i'd really appreciate any feedback as well go and follow the podcast on spotify on itunes or on um, google podcast wherever you listen thank you so much for listening Bye.